can you share with us what that creative process looks like from the beginning to finishing a song or a body of music or body of work? In my experience, a lot of the time, the very first step is just getting to know that person. Even me, even though I've been in the studio with lots of different people, if I've never met someone, it's always going to be a little bit awkward that first time where the artist is sat there expecting magic to start happening and you're just sat at that piano and you're just like, right, let's start. (laughs) That's always kind of an awkward moment, especially if you've not had that sort of connection with the artist. You know, I don't mean like, I don't mean like weeks and weeks of speaking to that person, but maybe if it's the first time you've met that person, like go out for lunch before you get in the studio, that kind of thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Have a coffee because, uh, yeah, there's nothing more awkward than just two people in the studio in silence wondering what's next. (laughs) Get to know each other a little bit more, right? Exactly, exactly. Welcome, welcome. You are listening to episode eight of Sushi Fridays. I am your host, Andrea Pasquale. Thank you for listening. As you know, Sushi Fridays exists to share the stories of creatives and entrepreneurs of all kinds. And I'm so excited to introduce this episode's guest because he's our first music guest on Sushi Fridays. I met him on LinkedIn. One of my favorite ways to connect with creatives and I was drawn to the way he documents his process through videos, stories, and BTS. One thing I want to point out for our non-creative friends is that sharing our work and our process as creatives means sharing a part of ourselves and being vulnerable. It takes courage to show our work and I don't think people looking at our work from the outside realize that sometimes. Today's guest, in my opinion, doesn't stop sharing and creating. And that's something I admire about him and why I was drawn to connect and be friends in the first place. I am in Canada and he is across the pond in the UK. Today, if you're on my side of the world, we are traveling across the pond together to speak to the one and only music producer and creative, Sincerely Mace. As a music producer and in in the creative world, everyone knows me as Sincerely Mace or just Mace. I'm a music producer, a creative. Uh, I like to film. I take pictures sometimes. I like to make content. I do everything in between, really, in the world of music. I guess it started for me, it started with singing. Not that I... I'm big on singing these days. Sometimes I like to drop a little vocal here and there, but just for fun. I sang for maybe seven or eight years from a very young age. I sang classical music, which was kind of boring, but it made me learn the real kind of nitty gritty when it comes to music. So like notes, scales, what sounds kind of sound well together. From then I got kind of got bored of singing and got introduced to music production whilst I was at school and guess I just stuck to it. Yeah, music production is my life now. I studied piano for nine years and I'm a horrible, I'm horrible at music. I'm just good at listening. So anything that has to do with singing, notes, any sort of thing, I admire anybody who's in 
music because it's something that I can't do. It's a talent for sure. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just kind of something that I was kind of thrown into. And yeah, believe it or not, at first I didn't love it so much. Um, when I was a young age, I was kind of like, oh, why am I singing these church songs? But I kind of grew into it and just began to love it. In school, I had some really enthusiastic teachers. And when I got, I got introduced to a program called Cubase, which was, at the time, it was the really, really old version of Cubase. And it was quite basic, but it just kind of felt like a game to me. Like, I loved it. I was lucky enough to go to, it was still like a, a normal public school, but it was a performing arts school. So when I got to the age where I could choose my classes, I chose music as one of them. And that's when I got introduced to these kind of music, music making software. And I just found myself, instead of going out kicking football, which I used to love playing football as well, instead of playing football on my break times, mm -hmm. I was staying in indoors because the teachers would let you basically mess around on the computers. And yeah, I was making, making music on my lunch times. So we know what a singer does or what, um, someone who plays the keyboards or the piano does. Can you explain to us exactly what a music producer does? Okay, so there's different roles that you can take up as a music producer. So it's, it's always a topic that people disagree on. But for me and the role I play, especially if I'm with an artist, one big part of it is I get to sometimes be like I'm the one-man band <laughs> in a way. Because I can play keys a little bit, I can start off songs, start off ideas, but also I can help the artist build an idea around that. And that might include, you know, strings or synthesizers. In a basic kind of way, that's essentially what I do a lot of the time. But the overarching thing of what I do as well is I really do try and focus in on what the artist needs and what. Uh, what the song needs and I think a big part of it is really like discovering a sound perfect example is I'm working with the artist right now her name is Brooke and when I met her she only had one song out which gave us a really a lot of space really to kind of figure out where she wanted to take her music because she knew she wanted to take the next step and get really serious but that took a lot of time and I guess it took a lot of making songs and a lot of time in the studio to figure out what her actual sound is and not a lot of artists actually know what their sound is and um, it's really difficult to find unless you find the right i guess sometimes you have to find a team uh, or just the right one or two people who can really help you find that and that's kind of what a producer does as well if it's a really established artist they might already have that sound there and the producer is potentially there to bring something different to the table. In some cases, it is, it is building from scratch. I think everything in music, when it comes to, say, a lot of the time, if a music or, or sorry, if a song is done by a producer and an artist, I just always say, you know, it's 50%. The producer is just as equal as the artist in some ways, but not always. Not always. It just depends. 
So who usually has the idea for the song? Is it the artist or is it you? Again, totally dependent, really. I've been in situations where the artist has already written the song and maybe they can play guitar, maybe they can play piano and they just want someone to bring that song to life. And also I've been the person that's maybe started writing the song. Maybe I've started writing the song myself with that person in the room, with the artist in the room. And I kind of get the idea going. It can go either way. I think it's always a little bit... The journey's a little bit smoother sometimes when you both kind of build it together, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to picture what that looks like. You're, you'll be in the studio with the artist and the artist is singing or you're writing lyrics and you're adding some sort of music. Is that how it is in the studio? I'm, I'm very melody driven a lot of the time if i'm starting an idea from scratch maybe i'll flick through some sounds or maybe i'll just play on the piano for a little bit try and spring up some ideas and the artist is usually sat next to me and if they're a singer then usually they're coming up with melody ideas and then we could and then we kind of bounce off each other we're kind of like oh usually i'll be like oh that kind of sounds like you're trying to say this or Maybe we're like, oh, we need to talk about what we were saying earlier. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's that. And that can, in itself, um, direct what the music's going to sound like as well, if we already know what we're going to talk about. As I mentioned previously, I studied piano for a long time. Chords, recitals, playing by ear, writing notes. And it doesn't mean I was good at it. However, I'm obsessed with music, way better at listening than playing, and I truly believe creating music is a gift. I love when creatives share about their gifts, and I appreciate the way Mace shares his process in the studio. Next up, who is Mace currently working with, and what are his musical influences? feels like a writing camp right now. Um a lot of my focus is towards one artist right now. Her name is Brooke and she's brand brand new artist, really. But with that comes like a lot of work. Essentially, we're on the same management. So a lot of the time in the studio, it's my manager and my co-producer and the artist, Brooke. And f- I don't know what happens, but when we're all <laughs> together, some, some <laughs> kind of magic happens. And it is, yeah, there's, there's definitely something special about collaboration when it comes to when it comes to music for sure i think history will tell you that music is maybe one of them rare things where teams make the best music in my opinion like we think if we boil it down to even like before you know laptops and production the way it is today was a thing you know it was bands and Working with my co-producer, Seppi, amazing producer. I'm not going to lie, there's not many other producers out there I I would work with to the extent that he is, (laughs) but he can do things that I can't do. Uh, I believe in myself as a producer and in my ability, but he can do things that I can't do. And that's okay. We're going to make better songs because of that. It's almost like a superpower. Psychic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's so funny. 
I'm going really deep into this whole um, <laughs> thing because I don't know. Something special started happening when we all got together, but um, <laughs> it was all kind of it was all kind of going at the same time, really. So essentially, what happened was Seppi was already signed uh, to my current manager, Lamore. Amazing guy, absolute workhorse. By the way, if you're listening to this, I'm from the UK. So that's why some <laughs> I do apologise for some of this slang. If I said Lamour is a workhorse, it means he works hard. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, Seppi was already signed to Lamour around the same time where I just joined the group. But Seppi was a producer for a producer slash rap duo. And it was completely separate to what we were doing. But one day I went to do a session with the said rap duo. And we kind of connected straight away. So just from then, we just knew we were going to work t- together on stuff. And and the timing was just perfect because I'd also just started working with Brooke. So it was just natural, really. All of a sudden, we were all in the studio together. And we just knew that something special was happening. So we just kept it going. Cool. How important is trust to you and other things like what makes you want to work with a group of people and how how can you trust that they move the same way you do and you have the same goals and how do you deal with that as a producer so essentially how do i know to trust someone exactly okay so if it's a co-worker so someone i'm producing for or producing with one of the main things is like the work rate I'm not going to say I'm the hardest working individual in the world, but I'm consistent. And I think that's something I look for in other people that I know I'm going to work with. And anything else is mainly based off a of feeling. I don't know how, mm-hmm. how else to say it. Like, I think there's something in, you know, just sticking with your gut sometimes with people and sometimes you just know. Yeah. I get that. It's that feeling, right? It's probably not, it's probably not the coolest answer ever but for me that's what it is yeah can we go back to your upbringing in the uk yes what were your musical influences like growing up and do you still have those same influences today in your work so i grew up yes i grew up in the uk uh i grew up in a small town in the uk called mansfield it's just outside the city of Nottingham. Nottingham is a cool city. I wouldn't say it's a major music city, but Mansfield definitely is not a a music place. It's not. So it's kind of a a random place. Like if, you know, people I bump into, creatives, etc. when they ask me where I'm from, they're kind of surprised and they kind of give me a a weird shameful look too, sometimes, (laughs) depending who they are. With growing up in Mansfield, at a young age, especially singing and singing classical music, like people weren't used to that. I hate to bring race into it, but as a black kid as well, there wasn't, it's not really a black area. In fact, it's, it's not all. So there wasn't really A, any black people when I was younger, or not many, I should say. 
and essentially there wasn't many people doing music either so kind of double-edged sword there i kind of stuck out like a sore thumb but it kind of uh you know it gave me the sort of power to just kind of be myself i think no matter what situation i'm in anyone you'll ever meet who's can speak about me you know they'll never say that i've pretended to be anything else but myself and i think being so quote-unquote different at the time kind of gave me that superpower um musical influences um so i grew up in a not such a cool town but a lot of my family were from london or outskirts of london and to be honest like i looked to my cousins uh, a lot for like what was new in music and they were in london and they were always first to kind of hear what <laughs> was new at the time i should say i don't think it's so much that anymore but at the time london was like the first to set all the trends so they were a cool influence on me i got a lot of inspiration from what they were listening to i guess going even further back than that my parents listened to a lot like a lot of bob marley whitney houston my mum loved luther vandross we had lots of like cds in the car and stuff like that so long journeys i was kind of forced to listen to that <laughs> growing up it was a lot to do with my family really like my cousins and you know older older cousins and uncles and and then i kind of started developing my own uh, taste in music i was getting really deep into music like around the time where you know limewire was a thing i don't know if anyone remembers mm-hmm. that i remember that's, that yeah so that's when i really was like deep into my own taste and figuring out what i really liked and i was just kind of really deep into like r&b really and the justin timberlakes um you know nelly Furtado. i don't know loads of people really yeah whatever i could find do you have a favorite artist today who influences your work my favorite artist today okay so I'm probably going to get some hate for this, but <laughs> I think I I went through a lot of different phases. So I was when I, in my younger sort of years, like maybe just after the Lime Wire, Lime Wire stuff. I was huge, huge Drake fan. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I know, basic. But um, around the time when uh, I went to university to study music, music production. I was obsessed with Soul Action and that was like when I really was really into music. Like I I had a bit more of an understanding of what, you know, what I wanted to make and also what I was just in in love with when I was listening to. So that was a huge, huge inspiration to me. Um so like the producers who were part of that sort of collective, you know, like Monty Booker uh drew vandal and they just made they were just made something i never heard before and yeah it just kind of really struck a note with me if i was to say about what i'm listening to today it's probably people like loyal Kana. i like i really like nox as well as the uk artist mahalia 
uh, Sinead Harnett. Yeah, they're all amazing UK artists, and they probably inspire me a lot today. That is some really great inspiration, starting with Drake, because you know I big up my hometown, Toronto, and <laughs> <laughs> I love that as well. Selection, Joe K and his whole crew. Yes. And those, you, yeah, they're all so good. And um, I think Nux was in Toronto a couple of days ago. I feel like someone sent no me, yeah, someone sent me a meetup at, at some store on the weekend, but I love all that inspo. I want to listen to all them right now. <laughs> as of the most, yeah, as of most recently, I'd say last couple of years, I think I've just found love with like the UK scene. Like UK music is like, it's his own thing right now. I don't think anyone can deny that. Like UK music has just took, I don't know, it's took another level. And I can't say there's any other artists that I listen to more that's not a UK artist right now. But maybe I'm biased. <laughs> so far, what has been the most challenging project or or trial or tribulation you've had to deal with as a music producer? That's such a hard question. The most challenging okay so for a bit of context i mentioned um studying music at university um Mm -hmm. so i went through a period of time where i i studied music in a place called leeds in the north of england it's in a place called yorkshire yeah leeds amazing city love that place um i stayed there for about five years so i stayed for about two years after my degree, I came back to Mansfield after the whole, you know, pandemic situation. And that was probably the hardest time I've ever had as a producer, as a quote unquote producer. Yeah, because I really had to readjust and get used to not necessarily being in a creative space all the time. I had to sort of well, at the time, I moved back in with my parents, so there was that. Kind of, for a short period of time, thought music was over to an, to an extent. I was like, well, what am I going to do now? I don't know anyone here. Oh, it's Mansfield. Like, no one does music here. I wasn't really in touch with the Nottingham scene at the time because I'd been living in Leeds, so I didn't really even know anyone from Nottingham, which would be the go-to place to go if I wanted to meet you know like-minded people um so that was a challenging time for sure um i also went through a challenging time with like my men- my own mental health as well during that time i won't go into too much detail but um i had some really bad skin issues too that which kind of i don't know if it was one before the other or they both came together but it wasn't good so yeah that was a challenging time for me yeah um but I got through it, and yeah, I I kind of kept my head down, you know, got through the really tough times eventually, and just refocused and and realized again that this is the only thing for me. Um, and then since then, I think since that moment, really, I, you know, 
without blowing my head up too much. I think I've come on a lot as a producer and really realized what I wanted to do with my life and what I wanted to do with music and how I'm going to do it. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. I, I feel like a lot of the times creatives don't share their challenges or their dark times. And I know like speaking from experience, sometimes it's hard to come out of those times, but then you realize after you're like, I was meant to do this and I got through it. And, and then you find yourself in a exciting space and good place like you are in now. So that's inspiring to me for sure. It's uh, something I had to go through, but I'm glad I went through it because I came out stronger. In the conversations I've had with creative entrepreneurs, it's rare they share about their dark and challenging times. But Sushi Fridays is a safe space. And big up Mace for sharing what he went through. Feeling so strongly about your creative calling is something many non-creatives don't understand. And knowing your gifts and being in a situation where you can't live them or apply them is difficult. But Mace got through it. Coming up, he shares with us what we can look forward to for him and his team. We are Operation Project Book right now. But for me also, I'm releasing uh, a project. To start with, I'm releasing singles first. The project's called Clarity. And it actually touches on what I've mentioned. One day, I essentially, when I moved back to Mansfield, I joined a construction firm because I didn't know what else to do. And I hated it basically. Probably the worst I've ever felt in my life um, because I knew I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. And I think it was like towards the end of summer. One day I was just kind of having a walk and I I think I heard a lyric in a song actually um, from another UK artist called Jay Prince. And I don't even remember what the song was called, but there's a line in it that was, he basically said something along the lines of, this is a moment of clarity. Don't requote me on that, but that's kind mm-hmm. of what I took from the line. And then from then, I just kind of decided that I wanted to talk about basically how, to, how we can overcome these dark situations we find ourselves. Um, and the moment of clarity for me was realizing that the only thing I want to do in my life is do music, is sort of my calling. So. I decided to make a project. Right now, there's three songs. I'm hoping to make it six. But I'm going to release them as singles under my own name, Sincerely Mace, um, as a project. Hopefully, by the end of the year, if not, start of the year. But I'm not, to be honest, I'm not putting too much pressure on myself. It's kind of more of a passion project for me. Um, but I have these songs. Some of them are <laughs> me singing. There's a song out right now called Clarity, which is me singing, essentially. But yeah, basically, it's me writing music with some of my friends and, and some people that I that really inspire me, um, just kind of talking about coming out the other side from something. It doesn't have to be my journey. It can be their journey. And basically, I'm putting my spin on um, what we're talking about just basically with my my style of production that's essentially it can't wait for that you're a music producer and creative 
Can you talk to us about the creative, the other creative side of your work? Sure thing. So for a big period of time, I worked as also a videographer. I've always been obsessed with visuals. To be honest with you, I was not good. I was not a good videographer in terms of um, the business side of things. So I kind of, I tried it for a little bit and I just kind of decided that like the type of clients I was working with and things like that, it, it wasn't super creative for me. It wasn't what I enjoyed in that respect. But since then, the projects I do work on, and I, I still do today, by the way, um, outside of music, uh, there's a lot in a lot in the music space, really. So, creating content for both myself and for the artists I work with. I also do film live shows from time to time. Another artist on my management who's doing incredibly well. His name's ADM ADMT. Big up Adam. Um, he's doing insanely well. I've been lucky enough to film some of his live shows, so that's been an experience as well. I've filmed music videos, not really tried documentaries or anything like that yet, but maybe one day, short film. Other than that as well, I guess I've kind of acted as a creative director for some artists too, suggested what could look right for specific projects, that kind of thing. Cool. And when it comes to being a music producer and being a videographer, because I know they're both creative. How much business does one need to know when doing the things that you do? How much business? Yes, like business skills. A does lot. that come into play? A lot. Yeah. So I, th I think I dived in to be a videographer way too early and probably for the wrong reasons at the time of what I'm talking about anyway so essentially I thought hey I can do that I can earn money from that and I kind of did I was doing it for the wrong reasons and it kind of gave me the wrong type of clients in a way so I wasn't enjoying it and I realized actually the part of videography that you know, I really wanted to do was, was because I enjoyed it. I didn't necessarily want to be a videography only business, especially for the type of clients I was doing. Um, so I kind of missed a trick from that. But yeah, on the business side, in music, graphic design, videography, you have to be really business minded. You're, you are your own business at the end of the day. What kind of advice would you give to an aspiring music producer that's a good question i'm gonna relay something i actually had this conversation with someone who asked me for some advice not that long ago um so it's quite fresh in my mind i'd say that like the biggest difference for me i can hear everyone booing on the other side of the podcast now <laughs> social media <laughs> was huge i know that's boring but the opportunities i got out of social media i wouldn't have met the people i've met today essentially without social media 
Um, it doesn't necessarily mean you need loads of followers. That's not at all what it means. But um, it's about the right people seeing your work. Social media is a free tool, essentially. Like, you know, what a perfect place to show your work. But not only for posting stuff, like, speak to people. That's how we met, essentially, as well, right? Exactly. So, talk to people. Why not? I'd also say, if you're a music producer, like, people need to see your work, yeah. So, you need a portfolio. Have something or a place where people can listen to your work, whether that's SoundCloud, whether that's an Instagram. Um, I don't mean, if it's an Instagram, I don't mean, you know, just like a a video of your screen, like a screen recording type thing. Like, present it well if you're going to do something on a visual platform. If it's going to be something like SoundCloud, you know, maybe do a project. Um, maybe it's, if it's your producer, maybe just do beats do like a nice mixtape i'm sure there's loads of creative ideas you can think of um if you really put your mind to it and something that can that can really make it unique that i don't know that suits yourself like something that looks and sounds like you so yeah a portfolio and once you've got those two things in place so you've got a social media you've got a place where people can find your music and hear what you sound like, what your production sounds like, then I guess it's time to, I guess I kind of mentioned it, like start, you know, talking to people, whether that's on social media or in person, like network, go to events. Um, I used to, well, I still love going to gigs. Like you meet all sorts of people at gigs and say if you go to a, Loyal Karna gig, you're going to meet people who like Loyal Karna, and maybe you make music that's similar to Loyal Karna. For example, those are the people you need to be speaking to, and maybe they're not even artists. Maybe they're doing something else in music, but that can still be helpful to you in your journey. So, go out and meet people. For sure, that's some good advice. Great advice. And I noticed when you were talking, I I was thinking about your social media and you document your journey a lot and your process and even like your videos and behind the scenes of what you do and little and clips of like events and stuff. And I think that's cool. So just go on Sincerely Mace's Instagram and and see what this man is doing. Shout out. Take his advice. <laughs> Number one, do you eat sushi? No, I'm allergic. <laughs> oh no. I was meant to bring that up earlier. I'm allergic oh, to seafood, guys. I'm sorry. You're not the first person who told me that, but that's okay. You're still part of the Sushi Fridays crew, so. What would be your last meal on earth? I love food, so this is a tough question. I don't know. This is too hard. This is probably really basic, but it's fresh in my mind because I had it the other day and it like blew my mind because it was the first time I had it for ages. But curried mutton and rice. Curried mutton, what rice. What is that? Curried mutton, rice and peas, and, oh. plant, and plantain. Okay. For those I, who don't know, that's Caribbean food. 
I'm sure you guys knew that. <laughs> but yeah, that sounds yummy. Um, my family's from Saint Lucia in the Caribbean, and although I, I do have a lot of rice and peas at home, I love Craig Martin. Yeah, and I can't <laughs> I can't make it save my life. So, <laughs> who's a dream artist you'd love to produce for one day? There's too many. There's far too many. Since I've mentioned his name. 19 times in the podcast. Loyal Kana, let's go. <laughs> you know where to find me, bro. I would love to work with Sam Tompkins. Point it out there. Cool. I'm tagging artist. these people. Yeah. I'm going to be tagging them in the clip. Oh, so. oh my gosh, here we go. <laughs> let's go. I'm getting exposed. Question number four. Who's your fave football team? Arsenal. Last question. What's one thing you're most excited about this very moment right now? Right now, this second. Um, I can't lie. Everything I'm building right now with my management, Blanc, Blanc management, um, is probably most exciting time um, in my production life. Uh, things that are possible now were not possible for me two three years ago so I, a huge thank you to Lamore, my manager mr everything he's the guy big up seppi as well everything that's happening at blanc watch out for us because we're coming i had so much fun talking to mace today about music remembering LimeWire, super throwback. I wanted to stretch his music influence bit a little longer and even his foodie question towards the end. I love talking about food. But we've come to the end of today's episode. I would like to sincerely thank our guest, Sincerely Mace, for believing in Sushi Fridays before not one episode even dropped. This is also the first time I've spoken to a musician about their creative process and their journey. So this episode goes down in the books. To support Mace's journey, connect with him on Instagram at SincerelyMace or on SincerelyMace.com. And though I'm only on episode eight, I'm also kind of mind blown with the talent and creative people I've met, like Mace, who I've connected with from my little corner of the globe to other corners of the globe sushi fridays is on one and i'm so grateful you can listen to sushi fridays on apple podcasts spotify amazon music iHeartRadio, and now youtube podcasts if you want to send me a message, you can DM me on Instagram at Sushi Fridays Pod or email me at sushifridayspod at gmail.com. I am your host, Andrea Pasquale. Thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sushi Fridays. And let's connect again next Sushi Friday. <laughs> <laughs>